Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson. I'm your co-host. Very interesting show today, but I'm extremely excited to introduce you to a guest. And that guest happens to be my brother, Donald Dickerson. Hey, Donald, how you doing? Hey, guys, how you doing? It's an honor to be on this show uh, and a blessing. And I really appreciate you guys looking out for me. Donald, you are, you are our first and only guest. <laughs> That's right. He's our first guest. That's right. Yeah, we don't do guests normally. You know, we have enough uh, uh, um, arguments or <laughs> disagreements going on <laughs> between the two of us to add a third person might make it exponentially more. <laughs> but that's okay, man. We're looking forward to uh, you guys doing your piece. So let me just run it down for the people. Uh, this, is the, this is the Dickerson Brothers, and we're going to kick this show off with the Dickerson Mock Draft. Is it is it 1.0 still? Or? 2.0. You're at 2.0 now. Yes, sir. All right, all right. So we're going to kick this off right away. Um, I will bring this up so that everybody can see it. So Ben, you actually you, you you did your homework. You and you and Donald put your head together on this, bro. I'm gonna tell you the truth. When I came out with 1.0 last week, I gave Donald a lot of credit for the input that he gave me in coming up with 1.0. We did, in fact, put our heads together, and some of the some of the picks that I came up with. I took into consideration a lot of the information that he gave me. However, I used some of that same information, but we did not exactly put our heads together for 2.0. So as we go through this mock draft, he may have some extra information. He may have some differences of opinion. He may be flat out going to tell me I'm wrong. Okay. But that's, what's going to make it interesting. So I'm ready. All right, here you go. The Dickerson Brothers 2021 NFL Mock Draft 2.0, starting off with number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. Go ahead, Ben, take it from here. Okay, so we're going to make this part really quick because the pick number one and pick number two are pretty much set in stone. The Jacksonville Jaguars will take Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Alabama, and the New York Jets, having traded away Aaron Donald, Aaron Darnold, rather, um, pretty much set in stone that they're going to take Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. Now, the intrigue begins right after that, okay? The number three pick in the draft belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. Your team, Barry. There's a lot of speculation on this one. I'm saying that they take Trey Lance, quarterback, from North Dakota State, 6'4", 227 pounds, Strong arm, can move, great size as you can see, can run if he has to, also can throw from the pocket. North Dakota State runs a pro-style offense. I love him. A lot of people like Justin Fields in this spot. I'm going with Trey Lance. What do you say, Donald? I'm going with Mac Jones. Um, San Francisco's uh, head coach has worked with a lot of pocket passers in the past. Um, Mac Jones is 
kind of mobile, but he has good arm. He's pretty accurate. And I think he can pick up the system rather quickly. Okay, so we got our first disagreement right there. But let's face it, the 49ers book is open right now. There's no telling what they're going to do. I say Trey Lance, he says Mac Jones. Number four pick in the draft belongs to the Atlanta Falcons for now. There's a lot of speculation out there that there's at least three teams trying to move up to this spot. But until that happens, we can't really speak on it. So I'm going to say that the Atlanta Falcons go with the top offensive tackle on the board. That's Penny Sewell from Oregon. He's 6'6", 331 pounds, a big guy, very mobile, got decent speed, good run blocker. He's got the whole package. What do you say about that, Don? I think that's a great pick for Atlanta. Um, everything you said about Saul, you're correct. But I'm also looking at Atlanta two different ways. Um, they're on record, and it's the fact that they want to trade out of that fourth-round pick. Right. If not, um, I saw some interesting boards where they're looking at Jalen Waddle. Okay. That's a possibility. Let's face it. Matt Ryan looks like he's going to be there for a while. Jalen Waddle would be a good pick for them. But they still do still have Julio. They do still have Calvin Ridley. So I'm thinking offensive line might be the spot they go to unless they trade. Well, can I, can I explain on the reasoning of that? Because of the fact that they have Julio on the outside and they have Ridley on the other outside and Waddle would be great they, in the slot. He would be the slot guy. Okay, that makes sense. Number five, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, I say, are going to take Jamar Chase, the number one receiver on the board from LSU, the same school that Joe Burrow went to, okay? His number one receiver when he was there, he actually opted out this past season, but the season that he played with Joe Burrow, he was the number one receiver over Justin Jefferson, who everybody loves now in the NFL. Jamar Chase was the number one receiver over Justin Jefferson. The Bengals will not hesitate to take Jamar Chase. The only player I can see them taking over Jamar Chase is a real, real super special athlete, and that's Kyle Pitts, who I have going to the Miami Dolphins at number six. Kyle Pitts is a tight end out of Florida. 6'6", 240, checks all the boxes. Size, speed. Plays inside, outside, great hands, great ball skills. Can't say anything but good stuff about Kyle Pitts. We so got ben, Kyle let me let me, let me let me just jump in here because we're down to uh, number six, and I want to make sure people understand your thought process because you kind of went into it last week when you when you first did your one point um, But just give people an idea about why you are choosing the players that you're choosing what what's your thought um thought pattern there okay i should have said that ahead of time but i was so excited to get into this and get my brother involved that i kind of forgot so let me let me throw this out here okay this is a mock draft i did not copy this from pro football focus cbs sports espn this is mine this is my mock draft using my knowledge, my research, my looking at tape, along with the research and the looking at tape from my brother, okay? Along with that, I'm looking at each team 
and what their needs are. If you know anything about the NFL draft, teams usually draft for either need or a player that's a special person. Sometimes you got a special athlete that's on the board that you just can't pass up, okay? So that's usually what teams do. That's how they choose. So I'm looking at those things when I look at what team and then I determine who I think they should and or will take. Is that is that pretty clear explanation? Yeah, now, for example, some of these some of these teams are taking people for for reasons that I don't know are purely football reasons. So for example, I'm thinking about the Jets, all right? The Jets are a team that um, could have kept Darnold, right? And made a move, but it seems to me that they decided for reasons of culture and things of that nature and for job security that if you get rid of Darnold, you bring in a young guy, you know that you pretty much are going to get a leash of about two, three, four years at the very least as a coach. And I wondered how much that plays into them deciding. Now, you don't care about any of that, but those kind of decisions could potentially no, screw up your, your mock draft, couldn't they? No, I do care about that. That's oh, really? Okay. You're exactly right. The New York Jets have a new head coach. It's Robert Sala. He is not married to, I called him something else. His name is Sam Darnold. I'm sorry. He's not married to Sam Darnold at all. Nobody there is going to try to make a new head coach who they value and feel like is about to turn things around for them quickly, slowly, however it happens, and nail Sam Darnold to him or tie him to him. They're going to reset. And they're going to start over with a quarterback that they really, really believe in. Sam Darnold's been around for a couple of years now. He's had his opportunities. He's had a lot going against him. Different head coaches, different offensive coordinators. He's got a lot of things that haven't played into, into helping him succeed. But let's face it, they're ready to cut bait and start over. And they love Zach, Zach Wilson. So if that's what they're going to do, that's what they're going to do. You know what I mean? They could say, Hey, well, Ben. Hey, Ben. Uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, most of the time when there's a new head coach, he likes to get his own quarterback. Unless the general manager and the owner of the franchise has something to say. Exactly. So I totally agree with you with that. Exactly. Um, in some cases – if they like the quarterback that's already there, then I guess the general manager and owner has to make that decision to keep that quarterback in place. And they decided not to. They're going to give Salah a clean slate, give him the quarterback that he wants, so they don't – in other words, if they bet on Darnold, who hasn't been that good but has continued to show potential but never really proved himself – if they give him one more chance and it blows up, they look crazy. But if they start over fresh with a new quarterback, it's like you said, Barry, 
they get a little longer leash, maybe another two, another year or two, or two or three years of a leash, as opposed to Darnold, who basically has a one-year leash. So, yes, we all actually agree. So, okay, before we jump back on that, let me just remind people again that this is Ben and Barry on football. Uh, you can find us at football. We are on the radio on Fridays from 6 to 7.30 on WJRL 95.3. You can find us at www.wjrl953.com and also on social media. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to the pod, mention the podcast, Spotify and Apple Podcast. All right. Number six. Was the Miami Dolphins? You said that you, you expect them to take Kyle Pitts. He Kyle is Pitts. Hall of Famer in waiting. <laughs> now, I hope I don't jinx him, but uh, yeah, that'd be a great pick, and that's going to help Tua quite a bit. Uh, let's move on. Number seven pick in the draft belongs to the Detroit Lions. I don't. I don't believe you're moving on. You know, I have something to say about. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I'm no, no. Remember, I was going to throw it to you for Kyle Pitts. And then Barry jumped in. So I'm sorry. You're right. Go back. Give me Kyle Pitts. Okay. I tell you what. I'm going back to five with Cincinnati. And you I'm like believing Cincinnati. that they'll take Chase. I'm in agreement with that. But monkey see, monkey do. I believe Miami's going after Devonta Smith. Okay. Now, I'm going to stop. He has a connection with two. I'm going to stop you. You know why? Because I'm going to let everybody know right now, I'm going to expose you as a huge Eagles fan. People are going to love you for it, but I'm going to expose you for a huge Eagle fan. And the huge Eagle fan, ladies and gentlemen, is trying to push Kyle Pitts down the board so somehow he can make it to the Eagles. Okay? Ah, now, let's move on. Donald. You have ulterior motives in your mock draft, man. Sure I do, because Detroit <laughs> is probably going to take Michael Parsons, Penn State, linebacker. Awesome. Oh, linebacker. He's killing me. He's killing me. One of, the, one of the two people I listed on our Facebook page that were not wide receivers and cornerbacks that ran a sub 4-4-40, I do believe. Yeah, two of them were Penn Staters. Yeah. All right. Um, well, listen, I'm going to explain to you why Detroit is going to take Devontae Smith. The Eagle fans that want Devontae Smith, forget about it. Lest we forget, not only did Detroit lose Stafford, but they got Goff. Brandon Goff is all wonderful and everything. He's younger. He's proven he's got potential. He's played in the Super Bowl. But they let Galladay go to the Giants. And they let Marvin Jones go in, in free agency also. They have no wide receivers. They have to take a wide receiver. Chase is gone. They go Devontae Smith. You can't argue with that one. You can't argue with that one. Devontae Smith is the next guy off the board unless it's Waddle. Okay? Let's go number eight, Carolina Panthers. I think they'll take Rashawn Slater. The reason I... Uh, in my 1.0 draft, I had them going quarterback, and I was hoping that they would either get Fields or Lance. Um, 
But since they made the move for Darnold, now quarterback is out of the equation. So then now they have to go offensive tackle to help, you know, help Darnold out and protect him. I think Rashawn Slater is going to be a good player for them. <laughs> offensive tackle out of Northwestern, 6'3", 315 pounds. Um, good pass blocker, real great feet. Uh, you know about Rashawn Slater, don't you, Don? Yes, I do. Even though they list him with small arms, he can play guard and he can play tackle. And he's one of the top three offensive linemen I have on my charts. Yeah, he's got short arms. His arms are relatively short compared to some other guys at tackle. They like tackles that have long arms, but he's proven that he can play the tackle position. Chances are when he comes to the pros, he'll be bumped down to guard. I say bumped down like it's a demotion, but it's really not, okay? But at 315 pounds, the guy can handle his own, okay? Now, gets interesting again. Number nine, the Denver Broncos now find themselves able to get out from under Drew Locke because guess who's still on the board? Justin Fields. Justin Fields, I think, will go to the Broncos. He's out of Ohio State. Good size, 6'3", 227. Strong arm. Obviously has running ability. The only knock on Justin Fields that I heard, and I'm going to ask Donald after I'm done, but the only knock I heard on Justin Fields was he held the ball a little long and had some problems with his post-snap reads and going through his progressions. Uh, what, do, what do you got on Justin Fields, Don? Well, he's a mobile quarterback. He's very good when it comes to run and pass. I'm pretty sure they're going to do a lot of OPRs with him to try and get the ball out of his hands, which means that he has to go through his progressions quicker. Whether he can do that, I mean, I don't know. I hope he can. Um, I like to pick for the Denver Broncos. Okay. So, so are the Denver Broncos giving up on uh, uh, what, what's his name, the existing quarterback? You think? Yeah, I think they've given Drew Locke about. I believe so. Going to give him. Yeah. I, I believe it's going to be a quarterback battle in camp. And guess what? If you look at the Denver Broncos receiving core, it's pretty young and pretty fast and 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 pretty energetic. Like. They got good exactly, people. exactly. That, that's that's exactly. just waiting for a quarterback to can put them them guys uh, to work, really. So you know that the only th other thing I would say here, if Justin, if they don't take Justin Fields, maybe they take Mac Jones. I think they'll. And, take what, and what's really what's really interesting is is that if you look at tape on him uh, when he played for Ohio State, they did a lot of crossing routes. And they definitely have a lot of speed on uh, at wide receiver. So yeah. I'm looking at a lot of crossing routes. I'm looking for throws down the hashes. And um, I'm also looking for some uh, maybe not really trick plays, but maybe bubble screens, something quick to get the ball out of his hands and then work on his progression uh, during the season. Yeah, bubble screens, uh, jet sweeps. That kind of stuff until he really gets his feet under him. Yes, I agree. Now, you know, I was one of those people that questioned that whole thing about Ohio State quarterbacks not having a history of success in the NFL. And I actually kind of felt bad because I there were a few people in the media that were taking umbrage to the people who are saying that he did not have that 
like he was deficient in, in his ability to read the field and get from his primary to his secondary to his third. And they're saying they didn't really see that in his play. You know, um, as I told you, you know, physically, once I saw the pro day, you know, it was impressive size, speed, arm, all of that was very impressive. The only question was one, and it's almost like he has an institutional stain <laughs> on him, you know? Yeah. And it's a shame. Yeah. Um, Dwayne, Haskins, Dwayne Haskins has not helped Justin Fields. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> he has not. Not at all. Okay. So now, you want okay. let, Donald, let Donald read this one, Benny. <laughs> well, I this is this is this is kind of mine based off of mine and his input. So he's still going to disagree with some of these. Well, no, I'm just joking because we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. But then I didn't realize the Giants is next. So that this NFC East, you guys go ahead, battle it out. Let me hear you. He's an Eagles fan, bro. I know, which means he hates the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? Because he hates the Giants more. I'm not sure. Whether, whether he, whether he uh, hate- like, I, I hate, I hate Dallas more than I hate the Giants. Okay, let's get that clear. <laughs> it doesn't matter who hates who. You're gonna hate this if this happens, and I know I am. Because I love Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State, but I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to take him. Number one, because he's a high-end athlete and he's still going to be on the board when it's time for them to pick. And number two, because they really need linebackers really, really badly. They need a lot. But a star linebacker, they could really use. Uh, I know you got a lot on Micah Parsons, Donald. You know what? I think it's a great pick, even though I think he's going to get selected before 10 with Dallas picks. I got Dallas getting Patrick Satane. They need a shutdown corner. Yes, they um, do. He's projected to be the best corner in the draft. Farley, people are giving up on him because uh, I just realized that he had two back surgeries. And they say back surgeries are not minor. So even though uh, Farley is better than Sertain, right now Sertain is the best corner coming out of college football right now. now so I me, think Dallas is like them. Let me say this real quick about uh, the Sertain and the Farley thing. The back surgeries that they discovered about Farley are not good for him. But Sertain athletically – really showed off in his pro day. And we know that sometimes a real good pro day has a tendency to push you up the board. So I kind of think that could have happened and it's a good possibility that Dallas could make that pick. I don't think they will because I don't think Parsons is going to go before. Let's face it. We've done from one down to nine. Okay. And you haven't said, no, I think they're going to take Micah Parsons. So Micah Parsons is still there for Dallas. I believe they take them, which takes me down to the New York Giants at pick number 11. Bro, as badly as I want the Giants <laughs> to take another receiver, in my heart, I want them to take a receiver. But in my head, I know they need an offensive lineman. So I'm saying they're going with Christian Darashaw, who's an offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Please, Donald. Make me feel better about that pick. Tell me about Christian Darashaw. 
Hey, he's he's like a top three offensive lineman. What can I say? I mean, he's a uh, top of the line, but uh, he's got. I think stack. um, I really believe that the Giants are gonna throw a curveball, and they might get an edge rusher. I got Jalen Phillips. No, uh, the, only, the only problem with Jalen Phillips is. He had a couple concussions or a few concussions, and I know teams might back off on him, but uh, he's uh, he's really really good. I saw some film on him, and he plays with meanness, attention to really hurt someone. And uh, it's funny because the guy that used to play for the Miami Dolphins years ago. Uh, what was his name? Zach Taylor. He reminds me of Zach Taylor. So I looked up the bio, and Zach Taylor was six six, two sixty, and Phillips is six five, two sixty six. Both of them are rangy, yes. long yes. arms, and. Yes. They try and hurt you when they <laughs> when it comes to you know run stuffing or or chasing somebody down or yeah. rushing the passer. They're really they're 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 very unique players to me. Yes, they're, they're, that that would be a steal. I mean, it would be a reach, but it's a steal. Okay, and you could be right, and but his name is going to come up as we go down the line. But I like that you found that 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 uh, that physical lightness. With the uh, with the with the small frame, or I should say, the thin frame, along with the height, uh, those kind of guys are extremely hard to block coming off of the edge. Well, but, he's not small. It's just that he's he's, he's he has a long, long. frame, long. sort of like That's Zach Taylor, who used to play for the Miami Dolphins. Right, I, I, and I he's that. very powerful, strong man. Right. I, I, when I say small, I don't mean small like he can't handle the physicalness of the game. I'm, what I'm saying is he's long, so he doesn't give the appearance as a, of a big, muscular guy. Okay? More wiry? With his he is more wiry? Excuse me? More wiry in his belt? Yes. Wiry was the word I was about to use. That is correct. Those kind of guys are extremely difficult to block when they're coming off the edge with a lot of speed, okay? But I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to diminish his strength in any way because I'm not. The guy is strong and he can play, okay? Well, we'll see about that. But where we are now is at number 12 with your beloved Philadelphia Eagles. And you should be extremely happy because I am predicting that the Eagles will take Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama. Are you not happy about that? You know Pitts is 1A and Jalen Waddle is 2B. Pitts so is going, bro. I, I have no choice but to take Jalen Waddle. Um, the only problem is something leaked out of the Novacare Center about three days ago, uh -oh. and they were saying that they were experimenting and moving Jalen Rieger to the slot. Now – that changes things. Holy crap. Because even though Waddle can play on the outside, I believe he's a better slot player. 
and he does special teams, so that's a plus. He checks off all the boxes, and he's fast. So maybe maybe they're trying to throw a smoke screen up so so they don't want people to think that they're going to get Jalen Waddle because most of the steps were out of the slot. So now they're telling teams they're going to move Rager into the slots, thinking that other teams might think we'll select another player. Because I know uh, the kid from LSU, uh, what's his name, Marshall? His name's been popping up lately. Oh, and uh, I think up. he's like a third-string wide receiver in my book. Yeah, his name's going to be popping up. Let me mention, um, just uh, real quick, came up on my phone, Bleacher Reports reporting that the Eagles are re-signing Jordan Howard and that they're signing Eric Wilson, former Vikings linebacker. So Eagles are busy as we speak. They're doing things. All right. Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. So Mr. Herbert came out of nowhere and thrilled everybody. He especially helped me in fantasy football. I love him. So why not reward my man with another wide receiver? Let's face it. Keenan Allen is a great player. Mike Williams is a really good player. But Mike Williams, I believe, is on the last year of his contract. They got to get another weapon from Mr. Herbert. Hence, they go wide receiver. I think they will take Elijah Moore. Now, let's remember, this is a very rich wide receiver class, okay? So a lot of receivers out here. We can mix and match guys all day long and argue back and forth, okay? But I'm going to make a decision here, and I'm going to say Elijah Moore from Ole Miss goes to the Los Angeles Chargers at number 13. A receiver is the pick that they should make. At number 14, the Minnesota Vikings, they got to get an offensive tackle. Yes, the Vikings need defense. Yes, they do. But they also have a pretty dynamic running game and a wide receiver in Justin Jefferson who has proved that he can get down there and make plays. You got to keep Kirk Cousins clean. I think they'll go with one of the top offensive tackles in the, in, in the draft, and that's Dylan Radunes from North Dakota State, the same school. This guy just got finished blocking for Trey Lance, okay? So they had a chance to look at him work. He's 6'6", 299. You don't normally see numbers like that for an offensive tackle. Very tall, but again, like we were talking about Phillips, the edge rusher. He's long, okay? Probably has extremely long arms. What do you know? Do you know anything about him, Donald? Well, the only guy that I was actually watching some film of the other day was Talvin Johnson, who's about 6'6", 6'7", 300 pounds. And he plays offensive tackle. That's and the only one that size. gave – okay, the only guy that gave him trouble was Ronnie Perkins, the edge rusher from Oklahoma. But um, I, I'm thinking that they're going to go offensive line and protect Herbert even more. Yeah, No, I'm doing the Vikings now. We're talking about protecting Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I think they'll go offensive line. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll go offensive line also. I think this guy's pretty intriguing right here. 
Uh, North Dakota State, obviously, if he blocked for Trey Lance, he's a good pass blocker, which is what you're talking about Dylan, right? I'm talking about Dylan Redunds. Okay, okay, yes, yes, I like him. Okay, great size for a tackle. 6'6, 299, he's got to have long arms. I don't have his, his, yes. his measurements. Yes. But I, I like Definitely. him. Definitely. Okay. So now, after all the pe- speculation about the New England Patriots moving up, and let's face it, that could still happen. As far as my mock is concerned, they can stay right where they are at number 15 and still get Mac Jones. I believe that they signed Cam Newton to one more year. Number one, because they like him. But number two, because they need somebody to hold down the fort until they can get a new quarterback in there, their quarterback of the future, and get him prepped and ready to go. Okay? And I think that Mac Jones is the guy that they want. I don't believe they will have to trade up to get him. I could be wrong. Okay? But I don't think they're going to have to trade up to get him. I think Mac Jones is sitting right there at number 15 for them. Now, I know you like Mac Jones, right, Don? Yeah, I like him a lot, but uh, you like I also heard that, uh, yeah, kind of, because um, Trey Lance, if you notice, or if anyone has talked to you about him before prior to me, was he only played one year. Um, he only has one year's worth of tape on him. Okay. So that might be interesting to some teams. But uh, the thing about Mac Jones is I think New England is interested in him, and that would be a good pick. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. First of all, you can't say you don't know because you know New England needs a quarterback. Are, are we correct on that? We agree on that? Yes. So if it comes to the 15th pick in the draft and New England is up and, and Mac Jones is there, they're crazy not to take him, correct? That is true. Okay. All right. I just, all right. I want to make sure we're on the same page here. Now, let's. Yeah, say, but I was saying, Mac, I was saying Mac Jones is going to go to San Francisco. Right. There's so, a lot of mock drafts that you. are I'm saying that he's going to uh, San Francisco and, they, and there's a lot of reasoning behind it. I'm with you. So guess what? If Mac Jones goes to the Niners, who's sitting there at 15? Trey Lance. I don't know about that. The Patriots take Trey Lance? I don't know. Just because it's a possibility. Just because the Niners don't take that. That's a possibility. Everybody else is going. Everybody else is going with mobile quarterbacks. Barry, scroll back up. There's a lot of teams that just went between the Niners and where we are now that don't need quarterbacks. One of these quarterbacks is going to fall, and you know it. Somebody's falling, bro. It's either Lance, Jones, or Fields. One of them is falling. For sure. Well, all right, let's let's move on. Number 16. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Arizona Cardinals, number 16. When the Cardinals go on the clock, guess what? Bro, they got Nuke, Larry Fitzgerald just retired. 
Christian Kirk is kind of okay. They grabbed A.J. Green. Hopefully he bounces back. It's tough to have a good year the first year after you come back off of a knee injury. So A.J. Green still should have some life left in him. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. You need that third guy. And that third guy, I think, will be Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. A really good <coughs> route runner. Good size. 6'2", 209 is really good size for a wide receiver. Okay? I, I love Rashad Bateman. And if he goes to the Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray is going to be extremely happy. I wonder who he's going to bump because the kid has magnetic hands. He runs great routes. He's very fast. And uh, he actually fights for the ball. There's going, some receivers just go up for the ball. He fights for the ball. So he's, he's hungry. I think it's a great pick. He's going to bump Christian Kirk. He's going to bump Christian Kirk as the third receiver right off the bat. And if A.J. Green doesn't get himself together, guess what? He'll be on the other side, outside with, uh, with uh, Hopkins. So. Well, that's fair. You know what? That pick is very interesting, and I agree with you totally because I had J.C. Horn going to the Cardinals. A D-back. That's yep. interesting. That's interesting. But I think, I think that they're really trying to settle Kyler in. They believe that Kyler Murray can be a really great NFL quarterback. So they're going to go all out to give him as many weapons as they can. And the move with – And they're not settling that running back. Remember that. I think they're going running back in the second round. Yeah, they probably will go running back in the second round. I'm pretty sure. All right. So at number 17, the Las Vegas Raiders – Looks like they're sold on Mr. Carr for now. I don't think they're going to be looking to get a quarterback, especially in the first round. They won't. So we got to protect Mr. Carr. And we have to make sure that we have running lanes for Josh Jacobs. So they go offensive tackle. I like Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Huge dude. 6'6", 320. Strong run blocker. Proved himself as a really strong run blocker. His pass blocking, I don't know a whole lot about. I didn't look at a lot of tape on Tevin Jenkins, but he's definitely a good run blocker. So I think the Raiders go there. Yeah, that's the guy I was talking about earlier that I thought the San Diego Chargers would pick. Okay. But you know what? He looks just like a Raider. He's tough. He's nasty. Mm -hmm. And like I said, only one player I saw on film beat him. And that's uh, Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma, the edge rusher. Everybody okay. else he eliminated, he pancaked them, and he, he just manhandles people. Left great. and right, got a long arm reach, great punch. You know, he's quick with his feet. Um, for a guy his size, is very athletic. Okay, wonderful. Number 18, Miami Dolphins. Here's a guy I know you love, Donald. And I hope I'm saying his name right. Jeremiah... Owusu Karamu, okay? He's a linebacker by trade out of Notre Dame. This guy played linebacker. He also played slot corner, okay? He has great coverage skills and probably translate to safety in the NFL at 6'1", 215, okay? 
I think the Dolphins. No, I got some great notes on him. Yeah, the Dolphins will be licking their chops to get a guy like this on their defense, man. I'm telling you. They, they got to be one. And you know the Dolphins are almost exclusively a man-to-man defense. They'll love this dude. What do you got, six one, two six one, two hundred twenty one 221 pounds, ran a 4-4 and a 40-yard dash, and he has above-average vertical, okay? Like you said, and I agree, he played a lot of slot for Notre Dame over the slot receiver, can play strong safety, free safety. He's like Honey Badger, but he hits harder than Honey Badger. He's like a joker. He can play all over the field, sideline to sideline, great tackler, sheds blocks with speed, and creates angles toward the ball. In other words, some guys are fast in this draft, but their angles are screwed up, and they can't make the tackle. They end up making assists on the tackle. This guy finds his way around blocks, you know, off of 221 pounds. I mean, that's great. He's going against guys that are – 300 pounds. He knows how to angle around them and make the tackle. So he's excellent in the pass and the run. And I can see him playing maybe 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage as a third safety coming up, making the hit. That's 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 for those people out there who really fall over themselves about these guys running four fours and four threes and they think speed is everything. There is a little bit more to it especially on the defensive side. This guy finds his way through blockers to make tackles, not just jump on the pile and get assists. So that's important, okay? Uh, Where are we at here? Number 20? Number 19. Number 19 goes to the Washington football team. And the Washington football team, oh, yeah, didn't they just grab – Ryan Fitzpatrick, and from what I'm hearing, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to just be handed the job. So the young man that played in the, oh, his name is getting away from me, the quarterback. Ah, there's supposed to be a an actual true quarterback competition in Washington. But whoever wins the job is going to need another target on offense, and that's where they're going to go to Florida to get Kadarius Tony. He's 5'11", 194, real good speed, um, mostly played in the slot, extremely explosive, ran a lot of fly sweeps down in Florida and was very effective with that. Uh, he's a good yak guy. Um, yeah, I like Kadarius Tony. Very explosive, very fast, big-time playmaker. So Ben, are you trying to say Taylor Heineke is going to give uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick Heineke. some competition? Yes. Heineke, no, no. I'm not saying he's going to give him competition. What I'm saying is the head coach announced ahead of time that there will be a true quarterback competition between Heineke and Fitzpatrick. They're not just going to hand him the job. Okay. All right. They, were impressed. You- they were impressed with Heineke. Absolutely. He did. Before yeah. we move on to number 20 again, I do want to mention that this is Ben and Barry on football. 
You can find us at www.benandbarryonfootball.com. You can find us every Friday from 6 to 7.30 at wjrl953.com. That's an online radio show and on our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as a plethora of social media. All right, everybody, everybody caught their breath now. You guys got to the sideline, got your water. I'm ready, man. Let's go. All right, let's go. Number 20. Okay, number 20 pick belongs to the Chicago Bears. Now, here's another interesting guy. And this, if you'll notice, well, first of all, his name is Elijah Vera Tucker. Okay. Now, as you'll notice, some of the offensive linemen that have gone before him, I've listed as an actual offensive tackle. This guy is listed as an offensive lineman. The reason for that is because he has already played tackle and he has played guard. He's been successful at both. He's at USC. He's got good size, 6'4", 315 pounds. Now, the only knock on him, and it's not really a knock, is, again, he's one of the guys that kind of has doesn't have the <laughs> prototypical long arms, okay? So he's a short-arm guy, which means he'll probably translate to guard in the NFL. But he's proven to be a good enough pass blocker at USC for them to have used him at tackle also. Okay, so Elijah Vera Tucker is the pick in Chicago uh, to protect Andy Dalton, the new quarterback there. Uh, you got anything on him, Donald? Yeah, I think I, I think he was going to be selected earlier, but uh, because of this quarterback and wide receiver thing, a lot of these offensive linemen got pushed down the board. Um, they say this guy is really good. You know what I mean? And um, I think he's he's actually better than Jenkins because okay. he can play guard and tackle, okay. and he's much faster. Okay. Um, he has the arm length. He has power. Um, he can play up and down that offensive line. Okay. I think I've read something about he can play left guard and right guard and okay. offensive tackle. So he's more versatile than Jenkins. This is why I thought he would get selected earlier. Okay. Um, maybe to the San Diego Chargers or or someone else that picked the offense tackle earlier. I think he's going to fly off the board. But it sounds like a good pick if uh, Chicago picks him up. Yeah, if the Bears can get him, I think that would be a gem for them. Um, okay, now we're getting to some of my favorite uh, – I don't even want to call them sleepers, but these are players that I really, really like that seem to have found their way down to the bottom part – of the uh, of the first round, uh, the Indianapolis Colts pick for need, and that need I think they're going to fill very well with Quiddy Pay, who is an edge rusher out of Michigan, six four two seventy one. Ah, boy, I'll tell you, there's there's a lot of back and forth about who the best edge rushers in this particular draft are going to be, but you won't hear three names without Quiddy Pay being one of those names, okay? 6'4", 271 is really good size. Um, the big thing I think is the Colts need an edge rusher. The Colts, for, for as good as their defense was, their, their, their pass rush was lacking. 
They got DeForest Buckner. He he was an ex 49er, right, Barry? Yes, sir. Yeah, so they got him on the inside. He pushes the pocket really well, okay? But they just didn't have that real speed off the edge. So I think they go with Quiddy Pay off the edge. That that's that's who I like the, the, the Colts to get. They gotta go defense, no problem. No, no question. Um boom, 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 boom. Where we at? Tennessee Titans. Okay. Now, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans probably in another segment, something that's making me laugh. But um, right now, again, we're looking at a need pick. The Tennessee Titans let their tight end, Jonu Smith, go in free agency. They also let Corey Davis go in free agency. I love their wide receiver, A.J. Brown. Absolutely love him. But Corey Davis is coming off of his best season ever, and now he's gone. So guess what? You got to replace it. Terrence Marshall Jr. is a wide receiver out of, oh, look at that, LSU. Okay? LSU. 6'3", 201. Good speed. Good route runner. Plays mostly in the slot. Extremely good on vertical routes. Just what the Titans need. I, I think they grab him there. Now, there's other receivers that could go in his place. But I like Terrence Marshall as a good fit for the Titans. Would you agree with that, Donald? I got a trade alert. Uh-oh. I got a trade alert if the Philadelphia Eagles can convince the <laughs> The Tennessee wait, Titans. Wait. If you say can take Vince, a can take a pick, say maybe a third round pick next year, a fourth round pick this year, and Zach Ertz to move up in that position. I like Rondell Moore, wide receiver, Purdue. Bro, you said alert. Like you was the black Adam Schefter. I believe we're gonna trade up. If we don't if we don't trade down to Atlanta or trade back, then that's the only option is to pick somebody in the first round and then take some picks in the second and fourth round or third and fourth round and move up back up into the first round. I believe the Eagles have those three options. And after I guarantee they're moving. I guarantee the Eagles are moving. They're not sitting at 12. Or it, the third scenario yeah. is if they take a, a player and a couple of picks and move back into the first round. And that would be key because, like you said, okay. they lost their tight ends. They okay. don't they really don't have a tight end. Okay, but 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 you said Rondell Moore. Now, if things go the way I said they would go. Who did I say they would get? Was the receiver, you wasn't it? Jill, you Jill said Waddle, Jill Waddle right. earlier. So, right. Exactly. So they, wait, wait, wait. If they get Waddle, why would they trade back up into the first round to take Rondell Moore? We need all the weapons we can get. Oh. I like two-way players. Listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I love two-way players on offense and defense. If you can play the slot, 
if you can play the outside, if you can play special teams. Our special teams has not been good ever since we won the Super Bowl. And lately, it's been stinking up the house. So if you have players that can play all three positions, X, Y, and Z, and special teams, the more the better. Okay. I hear you. That's straight from the from the eagle's nest. <laughs> Let's move on. And now we're getting to some players I know you like, Donald. So at number 23, the New York Jets, they need defensive help, obviously. Greg Newsom II, a cornerback out of Northwestern. Obviously good size here, 6'1", 190. Um, supposedly he's a very good zone coverage type of corner. I know that Robert Sala ran a very almost exclusively zone defense when he was with the Niners. I will assume that being the head coach, he will bring that same or those same defensive concepts uh, over to the Jets. So Greg Newsom seems to fit here um, because he played mostly um, uh, zone defense in college at Missouri. Uh, I'm sorry, at Northwestern. Um, not only is he a good zone coverage guy, but he has great uh, closing speed, closing skills, okay? So even if he's playing in off coverage, when the ball is thrown, he closes quickly, gets knockdowns, gets pickoffs, makes tackles. So I think he's a good fit for the New York Jets in their defense. Uh, another team that needs defense is the Pittsburgh Steelers who are picking at number 24. Uh, they lost a couple of linebackers, so they're going to want to plug in another one. Uh, I believe that Nick Bolton kind of fits their mold there. He's out of Missouri at six feet tall, 231 pounds. Uh, supposedly, from what I've heard, he processes plays very quickly, picks his way through blockers, like that other gentleman that Donald talked about earlier. And when he gets there, he makes massive hits. This guy is a big, bad banger when it comes to linebacker and play. Um, vicious against the run game. If you don't get him blocked, he will devastate your running back. Uh, would you agree with that, Donald? You got anything else on him? Yeah, uh, he's uh, definitely going to be a late in the first round, maybe early second round. Um, he's a downhill slugger. I mean, he goes north to south, sheds blocks, uh, plays some in coverage, and an excellent tackler, uh, just like you said. Okay, that's wonderful. All right, number 25, Jacksonville Jaguars. Trayvon Morig also known as Trayvon Morig Woodard. I'm sure we'll hear something about that after he gets drafted. He seems to have taken on uh, another family member uh, as part of his last name. I don't know the story on that, but through college, I believe he was known as Trayvon Morig, so we'll go with that. He is a safety out of TCU. <clears throat> Excuse me, again. Pretty good size uh, D-backs coming out this year. No more of those 5'9", uh, 5'10", guys. This guy's 6'2", 203 pounds. Um, 
some people are projecting him as the number one safety. And I'll tell you the truth, I don't think I mentioned any other safeties so far in this, uh, in this mock. So I will agree that he's the number one safety uh, in this class. And uh, just being the top-ranked safety, obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of holes to fill. So he should fit in with them pretty nicely. I think, that, I think that's a good pick for them. Uh, 26, we got the Cleveland Browns. Uh, here's another one of your favorite players, Donald. And Barry, I think this is a good guy for you too. Jason Owe, an edge rusher out of Penn State. He's 6'5", 257, and he ran a 4-3-6-40 at his draft day. He's being called a physical freak. What you got on him? Anybody? The guy is a freak. I mean, that speed, that height, that weight coming off the edge is going to be somebody's nightmare. Um, I can also see him in a 3-4 outside linebacker coming off the edge like that, too. Yeah, I agree. to the flat. You know, covering the flat, tight end, running back coming out the backfield. Uh, I think he would fit perfect in a 3-4. I, I agree. I have to check and see what kind of – what's the Cleveland Browns' base defense to see if he really fits there. But I like him for them. Uh, either way, coming off the edge. But you, and- notice, you notice they had a small – when they had Avery, who's a Philadelphia Eagle now, when they had Avery – he was a little smaller than him and shorter than him. They used him at defense end for Cleveland. Then when he came to the Philadelphia Eagles for this year, we're using him at outside linebacker. So, but we run a four, three. So it should be interesting that if they do run a three, four in Cleveland, he's definitely going to have his, he's, he's, he's not going to have his hands in the dirt. He's coming high and hard. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But either way they use him, hand in the dirt or two-point stands, I think this guy is going to make a lot of noise. So uh, be looking forward to seeing that. At number 27, the Baltimore Ravens. I'll tell you now, I know people like the Ravens. I know people like Lamar Jackson. I know people make a lot of predictions about the Ravens really, you know, getting to a Super Bowl and making noise in the playoffs and all this stuff. Those things haven't happened. They need help. On defense, I see them going edge rusher with my man Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. Now, I heard some things about him. Uh, Most of them are about his amazing first step, his amazing uh, snap anticipation, and his flat-out speed, okay? He's 6'3", 240, so he's not small, but coming off the edge, the kid's pretty tough. He plays in the SEC, uh, so he's been up against some of the best offensive tackles in the business. Um, uh, what do you, you got anything on him, Don? Hey, he's quick coming off the edge. He can play in the 3-4, three, 4-3. Four, four, three. Um, his first couple steps are extremely fast. He can go sideline to sideline. He can definitely do some damage. Um, he's actually faster than uh, Joseph Osea from Texas. 
who's a pretty big kid, but this kid from Georgia, he's definitely special. But I actually had Zayvon Collins. Um, he's 6'4", 260. He can play the mic. He can play the edge. He can play the rover. He ran a 4-6 in a 40. Wow. I mean, 6'4", 260. Wow. They said that he's another Ray Lewis. That's why I thought he might be going to the Ravens. Okay, okay. Well, guess what? There's a really good chance that could happen. Um, again. Oh, he's out of Tulsa, University of Tulsa. Tulsa, right. Uh, and I just want to remind people, I know and Donald knows what teams need. But when a team has several needs, then if we're going to make up a mock draft list, it's up to us to determine the best player on the board to fill the need or one of the needs that they have. So agree, say, agree. Yes. So if I say Aziz Ojulari is going to fill their edge rush need, but they decide to go with another guy, if it's a guy that plays the same position, guess what? That's the Baltimore Ravens choice or any other team. Okay. But that's how we distinguish it. That's why we're giving it the way that the, that we I think you know, I think they had a problem last year. I wanted to see him blitz more, but Harbaugh um didn't really blitz that much with the Ravens. So I, don't, I, don't I think he would fit better with a team that blitzes versus run stopping is Jalen Collins is written all on a run stopper. Here's the thing, and it, this is one of my personal things that I talk to Barry about all the time. The Ravens are kind of a run-centric, short pass, tight end-centric type of offense, okay? So the type of team that gives them trouble is the team that puts the ball in the air a lot and scores quickly, gets them behind so they have trouble coming back. So you need to have pass rushers. You need to be able to put the other quarterback under duress, so that's why I'm saying edge rusher is a big deal for them. And I think they go edge rusher in the first round. So. All right, guys, guess what? There's only five teams left. But the teams at the bottom of the draft are your best teams generally, right? So we're going to talk about the five best. We just want to make that break real quick and remind people this is Ben and Barry on football. You can find us at www.benandbarryonfootball.com, on Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, and on Fridays on the radio at WJRL953.com. All right, we got that little piece there. You ready to do the final five, guys? Yes, sir. They're neat. These these are a little. They have to be a little less if they've been winning as much as they've been winning. So, very specific here. So, where are we at? Uh, I think we're with uh, New Orleans Saints. New Orleans. Okay. So <laughs> the funny thing is, these are not gimmies. Okay. <laughs> these teams have needs too, even though they're they've been great teams uh, initially over the last few years. Um, take for instance the New Orleans Saints. They cut my man Jackrabbit Jenkins. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> they released my man. And then Lattimore, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, if not the best, 
got a gun charge. Right. All of a sudden, they need a cornerback. Guess where they're going? Eagle fans. Asante <laughs> Samuel Jr. Jr. <laughs> from Florida State. Five ten. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Why? You wanted Asante for the Eagles? You wanted I the was Lakers hoping that he was gonna drop in the second round. Ah, guess what? That's a possibility, Donald. It could happen. It could happen. There's still a lot of good corners out there, okay? But you know me. I look at the need, and then I go for the guy that I think fits. And I think Asante Samuel fits that. I do. I, I, I just – he's very instinctual. He moves really well. He can play man. He can play zone. He's a little undersized. That's the only thing. He's 5'10", 183. So he's a little undersized. But, hey, I think that would be a good move for them. Hey, Don, hey, Donald. Hey, Donald. Yes. I just got a call from Asante Samuel Jr. He's like, I don't want no second round contract, buddy. <laughs> it's his size. That's why he dropped. <laughs> I don't so what's interesting is, what is, is interesting is, I have five players on my notes that are bigger, taller, just as fast as him, that will be in the second round. So I'm okay. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to do his father a favor and bring him back to Philadelphia. <laughs> hey, that could still happen. Donald's all business, ain't he? He's all business. <laughs> well, you know something? Considering that uh, what the Eagles still have Howie and the same owner, there might be some level of sentimentality there, but not much. I tell you he what. actually made a statement two years ago. He said that he wanted to look at homegrown talent. So I'm thinking that he wanted to select players that were from Philadelphia. But I haven't seen it happen yet. And this is why uh, I've actually checked out some of the college players that are from Philadelphia that actually really did good on their prominent teams. And some players are rather interesting, along with Kyle Pitts. And and there's yes, Kyle Pitts is from Philadelphia, and there's some more coming. And I don't want to don't get me started. Jeremiah Trotter's son is coming. Marvin Harrison's son is coming. Okay, but these kids are just now going into college. So, I, guess what? I don't even know why I'm talking about this because Howie ain't gonna be here that long. <laughs> Anyway, moving Next on. Up. Number 29, Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, yes. They need defensive help. It's funny. We were talking earlier, uh, and, and, and Barry and Donald were going over our, our, our net point power ranking scheme, and, and the Packers happened to be used as, uh, as an example uh, for points for and points against and all that stuff. Obviously, we know the Packers can score points but they have a little bit of trouble stopping points getting scored. So they're going to need a defensive lineman. And this is a true defensive lineman here. I have them down taking for, uh, have them down for taking Christian Barman, Bar, I'm sorry, Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Most people will say, hey, you take an Alabama player in the first round, you can't go wrong. 6'5", 311, got him down as a D lineman because again, he can play tackle. And he can play guard. 
Um, what am I saying? Jeez. I'm mixing him up with another guy. He is a defensive lineman who can play tackle and defensive end. Oh, sorry about that. 6'5", is nothing to sneeze at. This guy has proven that he can play both. He can push the pocket and he can rush the edge. I got of, something on him. What you got on him? What do you got on Barmore? I actually like Barmore. I they, said he's, they said he's exactly like Fletcher Cox. Okay. He's an A+. Plus. He can rush the passer. He can stuff the run. And he's another Philadelphia guy. Okay, there you go. You know what high school he went to? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, I just I was just wondering. All right, number 30, 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills, one of my favorite teams to watch. Here's your guy, Donald, Jalen Phillips, edge rusher out of Miami, 6'5", 266. Go ahead and praise him. Hey, like I said, he reminds me of Zach Taylor, the Miami Dolphins back in the day. This guy likes to crush people. He got bad intentions when he's coming off that edge. All the film that I checked out, he, he literally tries to hurt the person who has the ball. See ball, get ball. That's his attitude. And uh, I've seen him push offensive tackles around. He has a long reach, heavy violent hands, big punch. He's coming at you. All right. The only thing is the concussions. The only thing is the concussions. If he yeah. if he can pass on the medical and knock down those red flags, he's a first rounder to me. Okay. Okay. Very nice. At the thirty first pick, Ben. Yes. Before you go on, you were asking about Christian Barmore. Yes. I have it here that he was a freshman at Abraham Lincoln. But then he transferred to St. John Newman and Maria Goretti Catholic High School. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow, that's deep. He was a, okay. he was in the public league. That's great. He started in the pub, baby. Not yeah. Many go from the pub to the Catholic league, though. That's that's unusual. Yeah, well, no, well, yeah, not nowadays. It's not Newman Goretti's got a pretty good program. Okay. Basketball and football. Yeah, they're they're nice. Them, uh, St. Joe Prep. Uh, those are the schools the kids are going to now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ben, I want you to name me how many fields does Lincoln High School have? How many fields? Yeah. Like three, right? No, nah, I think they got like four or five fields. No. Cadet, are... ju junior varsity, varsity, and they got a practice, and they got their um, – where they play their games at, they got the stadium. At least that's how it was when I was, you know, playing for West. Yeah, well, you know, they got a football field. They got a soccer field. They got a baseball field. They got all that. <laughs> Great coaching staff. Nice locker rooms. Yeah, when, you, when you're from the hood and you're going up there to the Northeast to play and you get off the bus, you go, wow. <laughs> I remember my first time going to Frankfurt, believe it or not. That, that football field actually looked like a stadium to us back in the day. The big brick walls, remember that? You ever go play yeah. at Frankfurt? Yeah, the big I never played. Brick. I never. I never. I never played at Frankfurt. Bro, their field, when you're a little high school kid, looks like a stadium, like an old college stadium. Big brick walls surround the whole place. But anyway, I digress. We're at the Kansas City Chiefs. I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans out there. Uh, I, Do I see OT 
Yeah, I, I, I made it really clear in last week's show that I believe the Kansas City Chiefs have to go offense, offensive line. I still say that. There is no doubt in my mind that they will go offensive line. My pick for them is, is Sam Cosme. He's 6'7", 309. Now, think about it. 6'7", 309. This is not a bulky guy, but he's a very big guy. Also, he's a three-year starter at Texas. Pretty run-centric team. Okay? He's very experienced, and he's proven to be a strong pass blocker. So I like him for them, and let's face it. Their two starting tackles were injured last year. They were not able to get back in time for the Super Bowl. After they lost the Super Bowl, a lot of people said, hey, if those two guys had been there, it might have been different. And then they turn around and released both of them. So they got to go offense, offensive line. That's the guy I picked for them, Sam Cosme. Last yeah, I totally agree with I, I totally agree with that pick. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Lane Johnson, a healthier guy who's fast on his feet, who can actually get around and make hits against the edge rushers and keep the quarterback clean. Okay, excellent. So he would he would work out well with Kansas City then. Yes, he certainly will. Absolutely. So, so it seems Kansas City was looking at the draft when they was deciding to let uh, those uh, tackles go, eh? And that's a good possibility. I think they probably did the same thing that we're doing now and tried to map out the draft and see if they would be. Yeah, they're definitely going younger. Yeah, and see if they could find, see if they believe that a quality offensive lineman would drop to them at number 31. And they were satisfied that there would be enough talent there to help them so that they wouldn't have to uh, trade up or use any draft picks to get a particular guy. I don't think they need any particular guy. So they should be happy with this guy. If he falls to them, I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Um, last but not least at number 32, the last pick in the first round, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers take one of my brother's favorite favorite wide receivers coming out of Purdue, Rondale Moore, 5'9", 181. Not a real big guy, but a really good athlete. Uh, probably his best asset is his yards after catch, kind of like a Debo Samuel kind of guy back. Um, very impressive in that. Now, one of the sticking points is because of the way the Purdue offense ran, he didn't necessarily run the entire route tree. That doesn't mean he can't do it. That doesn't mean he's not a good route runner. What, what do you say about that, Donald? Well, the routes that I saw him run, he ran quite a few routes, different routes. And when he puts his foot in the ground and he comes out of his breaks, he does it violently. So he doesn't bend his route. He comes out of it where he's actually shaking that defender off of him. And then with his speed, nobody can catch him. So okay. the guy knows what he's doing. Okay. And like I said, punt returns, kickoff returns, that's just extra. Yeah, I, and I agree with something that you said earlier, Donald. I would not be surprised if Rondell Moore goes way earlier than this. 
because he's so extremely versatile, okay? Even if he didn't run the whole route tree, the routes that he ran, he was precise with them. He caught the ball, and he got yards after catch. And he's Yeah, there's a lot of explosion coming out of his breaks. That's, that's his, his hips are fluid, and you don't know which way the guy is going because he comes right. out of his break so fast when he's running routes, especially if he's doing double moves. So whoever's covering him is going to have a problem. That, that stuff is extremely important. And then you add on the fact that he can return kicks. That makes him a valuable commodity. So if we see Rondell Moore go earlier in this draft, don't be surprised. And that basically wraps it up for us. Well, I'll just add to that. Um, on Ben and Barry uh, Facebook page, we did post the three fastest pro day 40 times. And Rondell Moore was number three at a 429. Holy crap. <laughs> yes. So, Burning the track up. Woo, man, that's moving. That's mo And that was third. <laughs> that was third. Somebody gave me a, a golden nugget about Chase. Saying that he was faster than Hopkins during his pro day, faster than Jefferson during his pro day, and it was another wide receiver that's really good in the NFL right now. He's faster than him. So Jamar Chase has a faster 40 time of some no joke, fellas. NFL pros. I mean, you know. Jamar Chase is no joke. People people fell over themselves when Justin Jefferson got cooking last last year. Okay, Jamar Chase was the number hands down number one receiver at LSU when him and Jefferson were both there catching passes from Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase is for real. That's right, he's for real. All right, well that wraps up. The Dickerson Brothers Mock Draft 2.0. I guess next week we'll have 3.0. You don't you don't use fractions, you don't you don't well, go 3.1 3.0 because uh Donald said that that somebody's gonna gonna entice Atlanta to trade that number four pick. They trade that number four pick, that changes everything. All right. Well, they have to get people. To stay tuned. It also okay. trades. It also changes the picks in the second round if the Eagles pull that. Oh, off. look, he's dying to get to the second round. He wishes he could get to the second round. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do a second round show just for that. <laughs> so far. All right, good enough. Good enough. All right. So next up on uh, Ben and Barry on football, we want to take a look at what something I thought was a little interesting and even and a little weird at the same time. As you know, the season has been expanded to 17 games. The NFL has posted the matchups for week 17 of the upcoming season. However, as you can see in the writing, interesting that they have not published the rest of the, the schedule yet. So we don't know what the schedule is leading up to this we do know what the matchups are because we posted what the matchups would be on ben and barry on football but i just want to look at these this week 17 and kind of just imagine a little bit 
where the season could be. So let's look, for example, at game at the first one here. This first matchup, I see Green Bay and Kansas City. Now, first of all, I can't wait for it. <laughs> wow. I can't wait. I want to see that one right away. But the scary part is if both of these teams are already clinched by week 17, we're not going to see Mahomes. We're not going to see Aaron. We're not going to see the second strings and all of that. But you never know. It could be a dogfight at that particular point. Week 17 could mean something to these teams. So just muse for a second. What do you think could be happening with these two teams come week 17? All right. First of all, am I crazy or am I – Am I right to be thinking that if we go to a 17-game season, that there will actually be an 18-week schedule? Yes, I believe that you're you're not crazy. Your bye weeks work out because you still got your bye weeks. None of that changed. Right. So so week 17 this season will be like week 16 last season. Now, now, Ben, before you go too far with that, okay, this could be – I'm saying week 17. Now, maybe this could just be the 17th game. Yes, that's what I believe it will be. Okay, so it could be week 18, but it could be the 17th game for these teams. They said week 17, but you threw in the caveat that things might be locked up by then. I say maybe they won't be. Okay, so what do you think might happen here? Because guess what? This could be a preview of your Super Bowl matchup. (laughs) Yeah, good. And I don't think that things are going to be necessarily all locked up by then. And even if they are, the teams may want to show their best against this type of competition. Okay? If Green Bay is a game up, on Tampa Bay in the NFC, <laughs> you know, if they have a chance to get to an NFC championship game against Tampa Bay or they're higher seeded, they're not going to be messing around with a game like this. Okay. So now what do you want to do with this game? You want me to pick winners? Yeah. Do? If you think. I was just thinking about the situations, like what all the, all the different situations could possibly be kind of muse about what these teams could be doing. Cause you're absolutely right. They could be in a dog fight. They could be in a situation where they really still want to compete. Yeah. Or they could be, have already clinched everything and they well, don't have that need. Well, here's the thing because it's at the end of the season, then the main situation that you talk about is just that who has things clinched, who has a playoff spot clinched, who has home field advantage clinched, that we have no way of knowing any of that. But that's the most important factor in how these particular games play out. All right. What do you, you like that matchup? You, you looking forward to that one? I love that matchup if it was week 10. Yeah, if it was week 10. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's week 17, I don't know. Not sure. All right, let's look at the next one. The the Bears, the Chicago, Chicago Bears and the L.A. Raiders. This is more interesting. I think these two teams will probably both 
have something to play hard for. A playoff spot, home field advantage, a higher seed, whatever. Okay? This could be one heck of a game. And considering how things are right now and draft positioning and blah, blah, blah. You want me to pick a winner? I can pick a winner right now. Uh-oh, go ahead. I picked the Bears. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Donald, what do you think? Well, I'm kind of like looking at all this from another angle. Um, first of all, I noticed all the NFC teams are playing somebody from the AFC, which right. is very interesting. Second of all, um, a guy from my job told me to run this past you guys. He was saying – how many teams, and Barry, you probably could do this and you probably would love to do it. How many teams have that extra game at home versus the teams that don't have that extra game at home? In other words, say you're, say you're doing pretty good at home and you win a lot of home games. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles only have eight at home and nine on the road. So – Getting down to the last game of the season might make a difference if you're trying to make the playoffs or if you're trying to get home field advantage. Uh, can you uh, find out how many teams actually have nine games at home, which might benefit them if they're playing good at home? Yeah, we actually uh, have that probably – well, not we have that on our page. I just have to find it and – because I listed all of – there's an article that listed all of the matchups, home and away. So we can actually take a look and figure that out. So, yeah, I can get that. We'll talk that about That might make a difference. That might make a difference when it comes down to uh, seeding for the playoffs. All right, guys. So, look here. So, next we have we, – we talked a little bit about Green Bay, Kansas City, a little bit about – the Cowboys against the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Chargers. So we're talking about Kirk Cousins and Herbert, the new wonder child, in the game 17. And I don't know. I'm feeling the Chargers next year, man. I don't know. What do you think? I think the Chargers make a big push next year, and the Vikings – if they don't get themselves together in this draft and free agency now, are not going to have as much success as they're going to need to to make a big push next year. If I had to pick this game right now, which is crazy for us to even be doing this, but that's the fun of it, I would take the Chargers. What about you, Don? I think it, I, I think it's going to be uh, depend upon uh, the Vikings draft. I mean, if they have a poor draft or they don't really address – certain needs on defense, I can see the Chargers pulling that game off. No doubt, no doubt. Okay. Now, the the, the, the Vikings and, and the Lions are kind of in the same situation besides being in the same division. But this time you're talking about playing the Broncos. So, Drew, um, what's his name again? I always forget his name. Drew Locke. <laughs> Drew Locke. Um, and then potentially, what are they talking about? Justin Fields? <laughs> I said that. That's what I said. That's what you said. All right, what's, what's the rest of the world saying for the Broncos, Donald? The rest of the world saying they pick defense. 
They going defense? Okay. All right. So who you like in this game? <laughs> Go ahead, Donald. <laughs> they, they'll, they'll probably beat the, the they'll probably beat them. Who be who? If Justin Fields is playing for Denver, they'll probably beat Detroit. So you're saying that if my mock draft actually comes true for the Denver Broncos and they draft Justin Fields, that he will have a at least somewhat successful season and will beat the Detroit Lions. That's right. I agree with you. <laughs> you like that, don't you, Benny? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, here we go. Oh, uh, look at this one. This is an intriguing matchup, fellas. Yeah, the Steelers and the Seahawks. What? Where will the relationship between Russell and the Seahawks be by the, the final game of the season? And where will Big Ben be? Because this is his swan song, right? This is his exit. This is his big time. Get the championship now and, and walk out like, like a, a – well, let me see. Who last won a championship, a Super Bowl, and then retired? Peyton? Peyton Manning? Quarterback? Last, last did I that? So. I yeah, think. I think it's probably Peyton. So what do you think? There's no way Big Ben's going to win another Super Bowl, first of all. Oh. oh. Second of all, <laughs> the Seahawks <laughs> have already tried to make amends with Russell Wilson. They just signed Tyler Lockett to a big deal, and they're going to be working on their defense. Two things I want you to notice. They might mean something. They might not mean anything, okay? But if you remember, we went through our mock draft. Did you hear me say the Seattle Seahawks name? No. Know why? Because they don't have a first-round pick. Ooh. Did you hear me name any running backs getting drafted? Poor running backs. Running no. backs. We're going to have a talk Guess about what? that. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? Seahawks going to make some noise in the draft. They're going to reinforce their squad. The Seahawks are going to be a factor next year. This game right here, I give it to the Seahawks. Oh. Donald? I like to see what Seahawks also. Uh, I think Big Ben is going to be beat up <laughs> by week 17. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, the, the bye week's not going to help them. They should have went into this year drafting a quarterback and having them sit for a year. Yes. Oh, well. I guess they're going to learn the hard way. Yes. Big mistake by Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. That's, a, that's an interesting observation. That's an interesting observation. Because Ben and I have talked numerous times about the quality of the backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And if you look at the backup quarterbacks in Pittsburgh, I don't see anybody that's making that team really competitive. So Ben goes down and that's who they're depending on. And if they didn't, if they didn't draft because they thought they actually had something, it makes me wonder about some of these coaches. All right. Ah, the Rams <laughs> have a new quarterback. <laughs> the Ravens <laughs> have a quarterback who needs to prove something. What's this, his third year for Lamar? Yeah, they got to get him weapons, man. I, I, I'm i going to make this one easy for you. I'm picking the Rams. 
I think the Rams have the type of defense that would give Lamar fits. I also believe that the Rams have the type of offense that can go on top, get a lead on the Ravens, and not allow them to come back. The Ravens' Achilles heel is falling behind on the scoreboard. So Matt Stafford is going to have command up there in the, uh, with the Rams, eh? Yeah, he's going to have I, I, I think the uh, Ravens probably aren't, aren't going to need this game. They'll already be set in the playoffs already. They'll be resting <laughs> players. Oh, and, you're wrong. Uh, don't, let golf, don't let golf have this one. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Well, not golf. Golf doesn't play for him anymore. Yeah, golf's with golf's with Detroit. Stafford. You know what? They'll probably Stafford. give it to Stafford, and Stafford and and the Rams might make the playoffs off of this game. Might. This game might be more important might. to Stafford than it is the Ravens. Might. Oh man. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move this one to the Cardinals and the Browns. How prophetic! How <laughs> prophetic that we go Cardinals Browns right after we go Rams. Ravens, huh? Yeah, same division. Like my, same my, division. That's all my Rams. right there. That's the same NFC West. Yes. Now, let me say this and get this off, so y'all oh, can. Donald, t- if you don't know, it's all about the Niners, baby. Let, let me let me get this one out so y'all can talk. Okay. No Please Jerry go. Rice. No Jerry Rice this year. <laughs> he said Jerry Rice ain't walking through that locker room door, bro. But listen. Beware of the Cleveland Browns. You heard it here first, okay? Beware of the Cleveland Browns. They are going to be a handful next year in their division. The Ravens cannot slouch. The Ravens have got to get their act together or the Cleveland Browns are going to win that division. I already think they've proven to the Steelers that they can beat them when they need to. The Ravens might be another story. The Browns could very easily win that division. Cardinals-Rams, not so easy. Cardinals, it's going to depend again, like we said, on how they draft and what they do in free agency and stuff like that. I see the Browns beating the, the, the Cardinals Ooh. without much trouble here. I, that's that's pretty I see the I see the Browns beating the Cardinals, but I also see possibly – the Browns and the Ravens having the same record in the end. With the Cardinals losing, I think that's going to help the Eagles. No. I think the Cardinals losing, I think it's going to help the Eagles. See how it's the Eagles in everything. We need all all the help we can get. I warned you, Barry. Bring an Eagles fan on here. It's always going to run back to the Eagles. All right, let, let's move on in here because where are we at? We're at my beloved 49ers going against Joe Burrow, assuming he's still upright and healthy with the Bengals. Uh-oh. I'll tell you the truth. I love the 49ers more than you do, Barry. I really oh. do. You, you, Do you hear this, Donald? Yeah, he, no, doesn't, no. he doesn't even understand my love, but go ahead. Let me, let me, no, I don't understand your love. And I'll tell you this, Donald. He loves the laundry, but he don't love the players. He's a San Francisco fan, 
but he don't love the players. I talk up his players more than he does. If the 49ers get this quarterback thing worked out properly, and I don't care how they do it, if they get the right guy in the draft and they keep Garoppolo and he stays healthy till they can plug in the guy that they drafted, because if they pick him that high, he's going to play, okay? The 49ers can really go far this season. This game here, I'm picking the Niners hands down. What's interesting, what's interesting about this game is, and you're right, the 49ers, what quarterback are they going to get? Whoever they get is probably going to have the same amount of experience as Joe Burrow because he only Joe Burrow only had one good year at LSU. So if you look at Trey Lance, he only got one year. Well, Justin Fields now. only had one good year. Be careful now. Matt Jones only had one good year. I mean, come now. on now. Be careful now. Joe Burrow took over for Cincinnati last year, day one, and played really, really well before he got. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about college career. I mean, his his career, about the college career. Once I know, but his, NFL, but his season was shortened. His season, his season was shortened, just like uh, Jalen Hurts' season was short. So was that's Jalen not that's not shortened. really enough. That's not really enough evidence to tell me who's going to win this game, bro. Please do not compare Joe Burrow to Jalen Hurts. Other words, what I'm saying is you Jalen would like Hurts to bat the bench until they got tired of Wentz. Burrow started day one. But he what I'm saying is in a matchup, what I'm saying is in a matchup like this, you will want to go with the most experienced quarterback. Okay. Well, if that I And this game that. could go either way. I'll agree with that. All right, as I drop things and make all types of noise and mess over here, bottom line, though, is hopefully Garoppolo will be upright and Joe Burrow will be upright, and this will be a heck of a game. Next up, Saints-Titans. Ah, Jameis, where will he be in the touchdown and interception ratio by the end of the season right, next week. I'm not, I'm not going to let you keep doing this, man. I tried to stop you last week. <laughs> this thing, okay? Jameis Winston does not play for no biscuit, no risk it. No risk it, no biscuit Arians anymore. No risk it, no biscuit Arians doesn't even exist anymore because Tom Brady fixed him. Okay. Jameis Winston was a victim of no risk it, no biscuit. He now plays for Sean Payton. Trust me, you will see the best Jameis Winston you have ever seen since Florida State. The problem is, can the Saints recreate their defensive prowess from last season? Because the Titans still have Tannehill, they still have A.J. Brown. They still have Derrick Henry. They will probably uh, draft a top wide receiver to take Corey Davis's place. I got to go Titans here. I got, I got the Titans in this one. There's too many moving parts on the Saints. 
too many new people on the Saints. And the only way the Saints can pull this off, they got to have a real good draft. All right, good enough, good enough. Next up. Now, this is interesting. You've, you've got the GOAT, I'm assuming, still up right with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now you have the question, <laughs> the Wentz question in, in the Indianapolis with the Colts. Where would that team be? People are saying, you know, if Wentz plays up to par, if he plays to what is 2019 uh, levels, what they say, these guys are straight up in the playoffs contending. What do you think? I think the Colts by week 17 of this upcoming season will be on the cusp of either getting a really nice seed and home field advantage or needing this game to make the playoffs. They will be balling out to win this game. I think the Buccaneers maybe will be set and maybe not be balling out to win this game. I'm taking the Colts. I totally agree with what my brother says. He was accurate on every level. All right. This, this, this family agreement here. No. The problem makes sense. I don't know. Okay. Let's try the next one. The Panthers, who just picked up Darnold, who people are saying is, it's really good for Darnold to have a, you know, a fresh start, man. You know, somebody who believes in him. And the troubled Texans, we don't know where Deshaun's going to be come this time in the season. Hopefully he won't be in prison or something like that or in some serious trial for criminal charges. So we don't know who the potential quarterback – well, I don't know. You guys might know who the potential quarterback is if Deshaun's not there. I have no clue. But I'll tell you this, whether even if all this mess that's hanging over Deshaun's head hasn't, hadn't come about, I'm pretty confident that he was going to sit out the season. I really was. He had all his, he didn't lost his endorsements now. Uh, Nike backed out on him. And um, uh, the, the, the headphone people backed out on Beats. They backed out on him. I heard about Nike, but not Beats. Yeah, Beats backed out on him too. So, I mean, Nike I, only suspended. They didn't say oh, they, they cut ties. They called it a suspension. So they're waiting to see. Okay. Um, okay. As, just quickly, uh, watching again, um, pro football talk. Uh, the one thing I like about the one guy, he's an attorney, so he gets into this at a whole nother level. Uh, but he was saying that this one young lady who came forth showed her face and got interviewed on camera. He was talking about that as a legal move. And he's saying it changes a lot when people see a live person, you know, crying on stage, you know, talking about how it affected her and all of that. So, you know, but he, all, he had a number of ladies come out that say he was a perfect gentleman, like about 16. So you almost have equal numbers saying, he was great or he was a monster, you know? So this is an intriguing situation, but I don't know how that's going to impact this game. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I, there's no way I'm taking the Texans. <clears throat> Cloud is hanging over their head. And I'm not talking about just the Deshaun thing. 
I'm talking about all the missteps that they have made over the past couple of seasons. I'm going with the Panthers. I think the Panthers are up on the upswing. I like Matt Rule. I like what they're doing there. I, I actually like the Sam Darnold move, to tell you the truth. They put their foot down. They said, you know what? If the Jets are going to keep Sam Darnold, who ain't been around long enough to mentor anybody, and they're going to take Zach Wilson, let's make a move for Darnold. Because we believe that the Jets believe that they were a little torn between keeping him or taking Zach Wilson. So we'll take Darnold off your hands. Now we don't have to worry about the picking between Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Mac Jones. All that's gone now. And we can concentrate on the other things that we need to do because we know Sam Darnold has proven that he can make it in the NFL. No, he didn't have great stats. No, he didn't win a lot of games. That's because he was on a crappy team. He had crappy coaches and he didn't have a lot of weapons. Okay. <laughs> we will give him everything we think he needs to be a good quarterback. And we believe that he can do it. I take the Panthers all day on this one. I got the Panthers in this game, but I don't think the show's over with. Um, they didn't have to really give up that much for, for Sam Darnold. I'm looking for the Panthers to draft somebody in the later rounds. I don't think the show's over yet. Um, I don't think they're totally convinced with Sam Darnold. I think he's a bridge cat quarterback, just like uh, Andy Dalton is. So you think they might try a, a, a sleeper quarterback in the later round? I believe so. Okay, that's. But I give, that. but I give the win. I give the win to the Panthers. Okay. I just have one kind of different thought on this, and and you know everything that Ben said about the dysfunction going on with Houston is, is you know true, especially at those upper levels. However, we also talked about, or at least on we have some articles on our page about the new coaching staff that has moved into the Texans. And in the back of my mind, I think I think about the Miami Dolphins when they had a brand new coach and they were in the midst of trying to lose games. They were doing their best to lose to lose in terms of uh, the, the the talents and the things that were given to the coach. And one of the reasons Ben and I are such big fans of their coach is he refused to lose, even in that crazy situation that he was in. So I'm looking to see how the Houston Texans coaching staff is going to respond in this situation, you know, and, and because again, that was the only black coach of the eight coaches that got hired. That was the only black coach and most, and he was light skinned. So I guess they didn't give him no credit for being black. I didn't hear anything about an, an African-American coach being given any credit. And I, don't, you know? don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if they draft an African-American quarterback later on in the draft. Okay. All right. All right. But you guys like the Panthers. Next up, we got the Falcons. And what am I looking like? Is that a Jaguar? Is that what the heck that is? Yes. What? Oh, yeah. Falcons, Jags. Jags, new coach, right? Straight from the bottom. First round pick. Falcons don't know exactly. Well, okay. Falcons, who'd you, who'd you guys say the Falcons were going to pick up on in the draft? It wasn't a quarterback, though, right? No, it wasn't a quarterback. I think they, they still got – Matt Ryan still got a couple years left on his contract. 
obviously he can still play. He's not broken down. He has not sustained a lot of serious injuries. Okay. He, he's not in the Ben Roethlisberger uh, situation where he's had elbow surgery and all that crap. Matt Ryan is relatively healthy. Okay. So even though he's getting up in age and he doesn't have his fastball anymore, he can still play. Uh, so I feel like they're thinking maybe we can wait one more year before we actually try to go uh, up high for a quarterback or um, maybe maybe find one in the later rounds like Donald said about, about Houston um, or about Carolina rather. Uh, but I, when I look at this game <laughs> and I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Urban Meyer, who is an extremely successful head coach in college, but is having his first time in the NFL. I've seen a lot of successful college coaches come into the NFL the first time and crap out. Okay. Saban crapped out. Um, uh, the Seahawks head coach. Um, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. He crapped out his first time around with the Patriots. Um, the, the Florida head coach, he crapped out with the, with the then Redskins. Um, it's happened quite often, but I kind of think urban Myers a little different from those guys. And I think, a young team like the Jaguars will suit him well. I picked the Jaguars to take this game. They pretty much got a nice little running game going. I predict that they will shore up their offensive line and then start to work on their secondary. Uh, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence first overall. I like the Jags to beat the, the Falcons. I got the Jaguars in this game. I believe that no matter how the game is going, if Lawrence starts picking up his confidence during the game, he's a winner. I think the Jaguars can easily win this game. I mean, this kid, I've seen him come back so many times in different games, you know, and his confidence level just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. He doesn't let anything bother him. If he throws a pick or he can't make a, 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 a third down pass, his confidence is, is going to rise regardless of what's going on in the game. He got the perfect coach. I think the Jaguars are going to pull this off. All right. All right. The Jaguars going with the rookie coach, man. And, you know, the, the Falcons are in that situation where they're kind of in a win-now situation. So if they do have any level of success, it's not going to help them move up the draft ladders, you yeah, know, they're in a bad spot. That is that. That's some uh, those Midland situations are difficult. You know, yeah, they're not ready to rebuild, and they're not really good enough to make a strong push. They're stuck. I mean, if they're smart, they'll stay at four and draft a quarterback. But they're not smart, Dom. You know what they think? They think if we're smart, we'll trade out of the four spot, trade down, get some extra picks, and start rebuilding next year. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, those are two different philosophies, and, and we'll see which they decide to go with. All right. The Washington football team, back to the NFC East, right? All these teams are in the NFC East, right? And all the teams below are in the AFC East. So it's very interesting. But Washington, 
against Buffalo. Chase, chasing Josh down. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> I'm sure you'd love to see that, but trust me, just take the Buffalo Bills and forget about it. <laughs> that's, that's Ben's other, his other love, his secret love. <laughs> take the Buffalo Bills and forget about it. <laughs> you guys are making me ill. You're making me ill. I'm telling you. Are we going to disagree on this one? I just and I just pumped up Mr. F- coach Flores and, and, and talked about how the Texans coach, African American coach, that's a model of, of, of coming in in a situation that's turbulent, in a situation where your your upper management isn't necessarily trying to help you win, and you win anyway, and then you go up to New York in week 17, what you gonna do? Wow. Okay, so <laughs> things are changing. Well, things are changing in the AFC East, uh, a division that the Patriots have ruled over for several years in a row, has now somewhat been taken over by the Buffalo Bills with the Miami Dolphins rising steadily and the Jets kind of floundering. Okay. But in the NFC East, we have everybody floundering and everybody jockeying for position to take over regardless of how good or bad a season they have. It's just like, let's just be there at the end kind of thing. So I think that's going to happen again this year. And because I see the Dolphins as a riser and I see the Giants as a team that's just trying to tread water until another season or two when they can really make a breakthrough. If I have to pick this game, I would take the Dolphins. Guess what? You're wrong. I think the Giants can pull this one off. I don't have confidence in Tua. You know, I don't have confidence in him. Good point. Um, Earlier, there were reports that the Dolphins might draft a quarterback. They were interested in Watson before he got into legal problems. So I don't think they're sold on Tua. I think the Giants can pull this off. If, if they actually can draft well defensively, I think Tua is going to be on his heels. He's going to be running all over the place. I got the Giants in this one. Nice. Did you say the Giants, was it an edge rusher they were looking to pick up? He liked them to take an edge rusher. I take, I liked him to take an offensive lineman. Okay, so you got to protect Daniel Jones, or, or you got to get to Tua. Oh, you can get offensive lineman in the second round. Get edge rushers in the second round. They you picked, know, they picked I, up two edge rushers in free agency. I heard some discussions on Tua where they were basically the question was this: like, what does he do special? They right. were talking about some of the other, you know, quarterbacks. And you could say, like, if you take a Deshaun Watson, for example, you say, okay, what does Deshaun do? He has a few special things that he can do. You know, his speed, his agility, his strength, you know, and all of that. You know, they, they keep looking at Tua like, okay, you're, you were a good quarterback, but what can you do, you know? 
And I guess you're, you're back to that athletic quarterback, non-athletic quarterback. But two is not even big, you know. A lot of the non-athletic quarterbacks, at least they're coming in at 6'4 to 6'6, six, six, which means you don't have to move it so much because you can still see. You know, uh, Russell Wilson can create uh, passing lanes through movement, you know, and he knows how to do that. So we'll have to see with Tua. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how he how he stands up through the year. All right. Let's go. Oh, this now this is an interesting matchup. Oh, this is a good one. Because Dak is back. Dak is back. Dak has video out. As a matter of fact, I think I put a copy up on Ben and Barry on football. Um, where he's taking snaps, turning and throwing. And I mean he's moving feet and everything. So it's great to see that he looks like he's really doing well in his in his recovery and his rehab. Um, and then the and so he, there you got your, your – there's no question about that quarterback relative to being effective. The question is oh, on the Patriots' side, where they're looting up with all the big contracts, and now the question is, Cam. So you got three – got two three-letter quarterbacks, Dak and Cam. Who you got? Both of these teams' fate depends heavily on this 2021 draft. Both of these teams, their whole existence for this upcoming season depends very heavily on how well they draft. That, that's all I can tell you. If I have to pick the game, I, I'll pick the home team. Like, I don't even – this is crazy. I love seeing Dak come back. I really do, even though he's in the same division with my team. And I know that could be a problem for the Giants. Um, I, I'm not really that worried because I know Dallas has so many issues on defense that that makes that a game that we can win. But again, if they draft well and they get a couple of guys in the secondary and a, maybe a linebacker, they can be a real problem. Same thing with the Patriots. Their defense is pretty solid. They had a lot of guys that opted out and they had a couple injuries. All those guys should be back on defense. Oh, yeah. They get themselves a nice receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they can shore up their running back situation because they've been going with this committee thing for a while. One of those guys has got to step up. Okay. Then they can be dangerous. But right now, you make me pick, you twist my arm, I take the Cowboys. Going with the boys, going with the boys. I'm going All with right, the I'm going with the Patriots. Uh my brother's right. This game is going to depend upon who drafts well this year. I think sometimes you have to look at the coaching staff, and some coaches help you win like two or three games a year. So I'm basing this on New England's coaching staff. Belichick is the better coach. I think he figures out a way to beat the Cowboys. Damn, and he went coaching on you. <laughs> yeah, good move. Good move. That's a good counter. You know, Donald, we, um, we, we, we talk about brain trust a lot on, on our show, and that, that's, that coach is a part of that. You know, that, that's a part of that. We look at the quarterback, look at the coach, and sometimes the GM and, and that brain trust there, and when it's really clicking. Um, last week we did – for Women's Month, uh, a lady who uh, is a part of the Tampa Bay organization, young lady, young African-American lady, 
And um, Davidson was her last name. And uh, I mean, she does every, she's a, an attorney. She does um, uh, draft forecasting, a free agent contract management. I mean, she just did all types of stuff, man. Yo, she, I saw that show last week. She negotiates contracts and she's a capologist. This Yo, is why they, this is why they won the Super Bowl. Exactly. She does everything. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So let's go to your team, Donald. The Eagles. This is an all green game. Yes, yes. All green. Eagles, Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets. And, and another two another two teams have just figured out how to spell their team names. <laughs> Give hey, me uh, all this green, all this green reminds me of Germantown Bears. Oh yeah, baby! All that green deep down <laughs> in the house. So you guys both played for Germantown. Yes. Oh my goodness, Jamie Christmas. Okay, Benny Eagles Jets. Seventeenth additional the additional game of the season, and you know. They added week 17, but we don't really know where these games are going to fall in the schedule. They might not fall at the end of this. They might fall anywhere in the season. Right, because this says for the newly added week 17 of the 2021 season, but when you go to NFL website for next year's schedule, this is what you see. So these might not be the scheduled games for week 17, which kind of throws everything off. <laughs> a little bit, but... That's I've been looking at it as if it's the end of the season. <laughs> I know. And this is who we play. But that's okay. That's that's all right. That's the fun of it. Bottom line is, I look at this other game. Both teams have new head coaches. Both teams have issues on defense. Big issues on defense. Not as big offensively. But they got to plug in some guys here and there. Um, I have more confidence in the Jets' new head coach being the defensive coordinator of a successful culture in San Francisco as opposed to the Eagles' head coach, who also is coming from a successful Indianapolis Colts team but doesn't have the kind of pedigree that the Jets head coach has. I'm taking the Jets. Ooh, J-E-T-S. Ah, nah, well, I don't know. Well, you know I got the Eagles, right? You know that, right? I, obviously. No, we don't. We don't know that because yeah, it's we know a football decision. Uh, it's a fan decision. Our, our coaching staff is from Indianapolis. We got a new quarterback coach, okay, um, who knows Jalen Hurts pretty well. I believe we can easily win this game. Oh, easily. Easily win this game. The Colts have been killing the Jets for over the years. It's the same coaching staff. We're going to run some of the plays that are similar to who has, um, who has the same coaching staff? Not only that, not who only has the that, same coaching staff? He's saying the Eagles have the Colts' old coaching staff. Exactly. Not only that, it's the head coach and the quarterback coach, Barry. That's it. 
The quarterback coach knows Jalen Hurts very well. He was a child. Not only that, what else can I say? Right. Oh, we're just we're, we're just going to win because of the fact that um we're going to have the better quarterback. Let me ask you a question, Donald. Better quarterback? Exactly. You think Jalen Hurts is going to be the better quarterback than the number exactly. two pick in the, he's going, in the he, draft? He's going in his second year, okay? We're probably going to be running – He's. They already said. They already said on on the Eagles website that we're going to be running a lot of plays. He ran at Alabama and Oklahoma. Uh, he's going to be comfortable, and uh, Zach Wilson's going to be picking up the NFL game right away. He's still going to have to learn the speed of the game, and he might be banged up by the time he sees us. Yeah, you got a point there. You, you do kind of have a point there. But tell me this, and I'm not trying to be funny. I really don't know the answer to this question. Who is the new defensive coordinator for the Eagles? Do you know? A guy named Gannon who used to uh, coach with the San Diego Chargers. Okay. I'm not sure I know him, but I'll I'll check into that. But the quarterback coach is very interesting uh, he because he was the offensive coordinator at Florida, and this is why I like some pits. Bro, stop it. You're not getting pits. He's gone. He'll be gone. He'll All be right, gone. guys. That was fun. That was <laughs> that was All right, fellas. I gotta go. I gotta go. My wife's calling me. That was kind of a charge. Donald, thank you for joining us. We we will be in touch with you. Leave us some comments and uh have a good one. You be safe out there, man. All I'll right, make sure you guys from- make Make sure you guys look at high school, college, and NFL football all together. (laughs) Yeah, I got time for all of that. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. All right. He's crazy about the pub, man. I see. I see. Did not know that they were in season. I usually do at the very least. Yeah. Have some idea with that. And uh, I didn't know that. So that was good. That was good. All right. All right, Benny. So uh, that was really, really interesting, man. Uh, that little piece about with all the, 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 the matchups coming up, man, next week, some next year, rather, some really intriguing matchups. Let's take a quick look at a few subject matter before we wrap up the show man benny i you know when you look at we're talking about the first three picks probably being quarterbacks in this particular draft and then when you look at this chart which shows the quarterback selected in the top three overall starting the 2021 season with a new team so these team these players were picked in the top three, you have Sam Darnold with the Jets, Mitchell Trubisky with the Bears, Jared Goff with the Rams, Carson Wentz with the Eagles, Matthew Stafford with the Lions. So they were all picked as top three quarterbacks. And now they're all with different teams. So it just kind of it kind of shows you how perilous, is that a good word? It is picking a quarterback in the top three. Uh, yeah, I mean, perilous is kind of a good word. Um, 
you have to really do your homework. You have to really decide uh, kind of the fate of your team's future when you make a pick like that. And as you can see by that list, um, although some people might look at the list like that in a negative way, it's not really negative. Uh, of those players selected or of those players listed, only one of them is going to a new team in a backup role. The rest of them are all going from being a starter on this team to a starter on that team. So it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's sometimes guys just don't fit, but where they were drafted still has played itself out because they've become um, attractive to someone else, even though they didn't work out where they were. Well, you know, Sam Donald would be a, a, a good um, example of that. And then you, again, you have those non-football things that happen. Again, talking about Sam Darnold, and we talked about how the new coach might want to change the culture. You know, that that's not necessarily saying we're going to go try to win the Super Bowl next year. You know what I mean? Right. So we're going to keep the guy who we know is seasoned. We think we can build and go on. Now it's like, well, if we don't win the Super Bowl next year, we got a rookie quarterback. You know, that's a good five-year coaching plan. Keep the contract going. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're really trying to win a Super Bowl. All right. The next thing I wanted to talk about real quick, that Benny almost brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? Oh, Breaking man. news. Larry Fitzgerald retiring. Oh, man. Fitzy. Great player. Class act all the way around. If you get a chance to see his 30 for 30 on ESPN, please watch it. This kid, first of all, his father was a writer for a major newspaper, I think, in uh, Minnesota during the years when Randy Moss and Chris Carter were there. Okay, so Larry Fitzgerald as a kid is running around with Chris Carter and Randy Moss, all right? He went to a military academy. I mean, he just, oh my gosh. But but the main thing is, as great a player as he was, and I'm glad he had an opportunity to play in, in a Super Bowl, um, even though they didn't win one, um, you, you like to see guys that are that are real positive guys like him have successful careers. I have no doubt that he'll be in the Hall of Fame. He's got the numbers, I'm pretty sure. Uh, even without having won a Super Bowl. And um, like I said, class act, man. You know, you, you mentioned the 30 for 30. Um, he's a traveler. Very much so. World traveler. traveler. So, you know, now you retire. So what are you going to do, travel? <laughs> you know, if you really like to travel, now you got all the time to do yes. it. Yes. But it will be interesting to see what he does. Uh, a lot of nonprofit work, you know, things of that nature. Um, he's always been that guy. So, yeah, you know, we will miss him. You know, he did some damage to my Niners. I'm not going to hold it against him. You know, he did a little bit of damage. That's okay. All right, Benny, we're going to finish up with uh, the piece that you actually shared because, you know, you don't do a lot of 
you don't do a lot of the social media stuff, man. But uh, you kind of shared this, and I was like, oh, yeah, we can talk about this for a minute. This is the Barry Sanders 1988 college season record, his, his yards and TD records per team. Let's just go to the total at the bottom for a minute, and then you can maybe you know tell us a little bit. I don't know if you remember any of these games, per se. I really didn't watch him when he was in college, but you're looking at a 2,850 yards and 42 touchdowns in a season? Let that, let that sink in real quick. <laughs> 2,850 yards and 42 touchdowns at a major D1 school, Oklahoma State, okay? We're not talking Division II. We're not talking 1AA, all right? We're talking a major D1 school. And this is after he was able to take over from Thurman Thomas, who went Is that on? Who he took over Disney? from? Yes. Oh, that's right. I kind of remember that now. When he came in as a freshman, Thurman <laughs> Thomas was ahead of him. Okay, and Thurman Thomas had a spectacular career at Oklahoma State, but when Barry took over, this is amazing. First of all, let me look down this list real fast. His worst game was against Missouri. He had 154 yards and two touchdowns. This is on the ground, right? I don't think this can. Um, this, I don't think this counts passing. I'm pretty sure this is all rushing. I could they be wrong. They don't actually say like line and scrimmage type stat or whatever, but right. Okay, back then Missouri was kind of formidable. His next worst game: 157 yards and two touchdowns against Texas A&M. These are major D1. <laughs> You know, now obviously back then there were some teams that, although they had big D1 names, they weren't very good, like Kansas and Kansas State, where as you can see, those were his two of his biggest games. 320 yards rushing. Are you this can't just be rushing? <laughs> Who can rush? It's very it's very standard. And I mean, look at Tulsa, 300 yards and five touchdowns. Kansas three three twelve and five touchdowns, Wyoming he had a, he had an efficient game against Wyoming two twenty two and five touchdowns. <laughs> they, and I tell you what, I look at Wyoming, I look at Texas Tech, I look at Kansas Kansas State, Nebraska, Colorado, Tulsa. Yeah, I bet you he didn't play the fourth quarter in any of those games. <laughs> you might be right about. I it. bet I would bet a dollar to a donut <laughs> that he didn't play the fourth quarter in any of those games. Games. Oh my goodness, that's that's a scary thought. When when maybe when they just we'll have a drink and we'll go back and look at the quarterly uh, stats on those games. Oh yo, I I know a lot of people. Go to his Detroit Lions YouTube highlights. Right. Go to his Oklahoma State highlights. 
you won't believe it. You won't even believe it. I can I can imagine. I can imagine. I can imagine. All right, man. Barry. Ben and Barry on football. www.benandbarryonfootball.com on podcast with Spotify and Apple Podcasts on the radio online at WJRL953.com and of course across social media. All right, Benny. <sighs> the only thing I wanted to say is you know, as a Madden guy, um, I go on to play games and I've been telling you lately, I go on and there's hardly anybody on there. Like one day there was 11 guys. Really? Literally, I went on the, the, uh, last week, zero. I'm was, huh? I'm surprised. I'm amazed. I, how is there zero people? And I'm like, is it me? <laughs> you know, have they seen me practice or something? And they're like, uh, nah, we, no, it ain't you, bro. <laughs> In fact, somehow, some way, I got hooked on to some Madden something on Facebook. So guys be, are popping up on my Facebook page. So maybe I'm going to try to link you in with them. But these dudes are all top notch. These guys got belts. Okay, okay. That's okay. what I want to see. So maybe I can hook you in with that site or whatever where they keep popping up. I didn't ask for it. Yeah there so you know it's funny um because I, I haven't since since i got the playstation 5 i have not even charged up or plugged in the playstation 4 and i still think a lot of people are on four oh and not on five and that might be a part of what's going on but right. zero i mean zero is crazy so crazy. all right benny final comments uh real quick pttfl season has begun uh we're two games in uh we're off this weekend because there is a major uh national invitational tournament down in annapolis maryland i will be traveling down there with a 35 and over team who will be competing in an open division which basically means my old 35 and over guys are going to be playing a bunch of young dudes but, um, you know, we're going to do what we can do because we need the competition because we're trying to prepare for nationals. So we're just going to go down there and cast our lot and see what we can do. Uh, other than that, all I got to say is go Knowles. 